0: from the Mac Observer. It's our weekly look at the world of digital media and Apple's place within it. And we've got a bit of a musical special this week. And there is no better guest I could have. I promise you we're not going to sing, or at least I'm not going to sing, but my guest might, because he can actually do it. It's Dave Hamilton from Mac Geek Gab and the Mac Observer. Hello, Dave.
1: Hi, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. I'm not sure that I am quite the musical guest you led everyone to believe I might be, but thank you for having me nonetheless.
0: Oh, you're not performing a song at the end.
1: I didn't think I was.
0: Okay. You, listeners know he never said no. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm joking around about this because actually the topic I want to talk about is Apple Music. It's one we were just saying off air, Dave and I, that we think in various ways often gets overlooked. Um, and it was very interesting to see it right, right top of the show at the Apple Unleashed event. Um, the In itself, the announcements, I didn't think were that groundbreaking. It was a new tier for Apple Music Voice. And you can hear discussions of that in recent episodes of Mac Geek Gab and uh, the Mac Observer's Daily Observations, where we kind of try and unpick why on earth the Apple voice plan exists. Um, But as I say, it was interesting that we had Apple Music top of the show. We had Zane Lowe, who runs Apple Music, um, certainly the creative side of Apple Music really at the top. We couldn't really think of him being in an event like that before in that way. But just... As an outside looking, what did you make of that day, first of all, that it got such prominence?
1: It was nice to see, uh, you know, as you noted, Apple Music tends to get overlooked. That it's not quite as glitzy as the new things that, you know, the, the shiny things with video <laughs> that yeah. that Apple's been putting out as part of their creative offerings. Uh, it's also the one that's been there the longest, in a manner of speaking. Yes. I mean, we've had iTunes, but in, in terms of, you know, the services and stuff, we... we Easily can take for granted now that Apple is a music company. That wasn't always the case. It doesn't take very long to zoom out a little bit and think, wow, this is amazing that our little mm-hmm. computer company is also a music company. But it is something that Apple has been for quite some time. And it is easy to take that for granted and overlook it. Yeah. and it, I think that happens within Apple sometimes, too, or at least within their decision process for marketing things. I don't want to say, I don't want to put words interesting.
0: in their mouth. So right? but- that is, I think that's a really interesting point. And I have a couple of perspectives on this. So in some ways, I think you're right that we all take for granted that Apple is a music company and we might start taking for granted and may have already started doing so that it's also a TV company and a film company yeah. and yeah. all those things and all the kind of things that the show was set up to discuss. But I think We also do that at our peril because it underestimates how fundamental music has always been to Apple as a company. I mean, if you need to only read any Steve Jobs biography to know how important music to him was personally. And as we all know, if it was important to Steve, it was important to Apple.
1: It is. It's at the core of Apple. And and that's why I sort of backed off from saying that that they had taken it for granted, Mm -hmm. because I don't think they ever had. I I just think other things have taken priority in terms of the marketing message. But it often gets a passive at, 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 you know, at the very least, a passive aside from Tim Cook, even you know, in recent years mm. saying, well, you know, music is part of Apple's DNA and, and, and that, tr- that is true for exactly the reason you mentioned, not reasons, reason. <laughs> Steve liked music. Right. And, and there were many times over the years where Steve would quote generally Bob Dylan or the Beatles, uh, but occasionally other things uh, and music's been, it been and is super important to who mm. Apple is as a company. So uh, even their name caused yeah. them a little tiff with the Beatles. It was not intentional, but you know <laughs> yeah. when they when they entered the music business, right? Like but just, th- just the, for the, people who don't know, that was because the Apple Music was that was their record, the Beatles record label. That's right. Yeah, and there was no problem with Apple Computer being called Apple Computer uh, right up until the moment that they became involved in the music, music business industry. And, yeah. and then they had to have a conversation with the Beatles. So yeah, um, the Beatles representatives.
0: I'm sure. So, so yeah. N- knowing as we do how much Steve Jobs enjoyed hanging out with musicians, one suspects he rather enjoyed that. But anyway.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, right. That That's right. This is one legal embroilment that that he might not have hated having to go to the no. meetings. That's
0: and right. of course, I, I've mentioned this so many times, um, most recently when we discussed the 10th anniversary of Steve Jobs passing, um, how the iPod, which was at its core a music device, was so fundamental to me and lots of other people getting interested in Apple as a company. And it's the first product many of us owned. And of course, associated with that, and I don't want to bring back kind of PTSD and trauma from this with you, was iTunes. And Mm. the kind of, it was pretty brilliant at the beginning, became a bit of a mess, so much of a mess that Apple had to joke about it themselves. Now, listeners might not know, but in your other life, you are a musician, a professional musician. How I am? did you, as someone who has spent large parts of their life and professional life working in music, what did iTunes signify to you as a musician? Not an Apple nerd, but as a musician.
1: Oh, uh, first, can, can we say happy birthday to the iPod, right? Which just saw 20 years ago. 20, this yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I thought it was great. I mean, it, it wasn't the first time I had the ability to play music on my computer, although it was certainly early on in those days, we I mean, could play CDs and that sort of thing. But, you know, the whole idea mm. of of ripping to an MP3 or, you know, now whatever we rip to, but initially an MP3 was, was this fascinating thing. And, it, you know, iTunes was not a product that Apple developed out of whole cloth. They acquired mm. a product called SoundJam, from a company called Cassidy and green. I don't think they acquired the entire company, although they they might have, there was some acquire part of it, right? Where, what was his name? Jeff.
0: There's a, we, this is going to be a recurring theme, I think in our story and discussion of Apple and its involvement in the music industry is buying things and hiring people from outside. So yeah,
1: that's fair. Yeah. And so it was really, I liked the fact that Apple embraced this and, and, and had iTunes. They didn't create iTunes. They, they expanded it, of course, but, um, you know, that, that was, that was fantastic to have this sort of first party support for doing this thing that really when it started was not the intended use case for your computer. I know it's really hard to think of that right now yeah. right? that, 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 you know, consuming media on your computer was, was really not what we did with those things. We had other devices elsewhere in the house for that. And and so to be able to do this on your computer w- was, was a new thing. And it really was well, an edge you, case. Yeah. Well,
0: if you were playing a CD from your computer, however,
1: would you put the CD-ROM in? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't a thing. It, you know, you could do it, but it was something that us geeks were doing. And, you know, I remember buying the first i'm pretty sure the first album i bought online was a they might be giants album and it took forever to download and you know all that yes. stuff but it was but you know those guys were always on the cutting edge and experimenting with new distribution and that sort of thing and uh, it served them very well but you know i remember that and then i remember downloading some uh live fish tracks Oh, obviously you know, mp3 anyone obviously. who's ever
0: met dave before will find that the least surprising mm-hmm. sentence said on any podcast he's been on
1: that's right yeah but it was like oh this is great this is so much better even though it took hours to download it was like it was so much better than trading tapes with people L- yeah. literally making a copy of a cassette oh. tape putting it in a padded <laughs> mailer you know and 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 sending them sending it oh. off um, and,
0: and just from you as a actually intre- i have known you and worked with you for a, quite a while now and I've never asked you this question how release is someone who has been involved I know a lot in live music have you ever released music and how did iTunes have what was the bearing iTunes had on that it must have made distribution as an artist not signed to one of the world's
1: big labels must have made a huge difference y- yes and no interesting um it it it's interesting. I have, I have been in original bands throughout my life mm. in a variety of, of ways and certainly did that when we had CDs to sell, um, uh, you know, and that was the primary way that you got your m- music from you to your, your fans and pre digital distribution, I'll say, cause CDs certainly were digital, uh, Pre-di- and I and I we distributed cassette tapes, too, in a, in a band I was in in high school where we duplicated them ourselves. But CDs, you know, we had to go to a um, a, a, a distributor called Disc Makers back in the day and they made our CDs for us. And then we we'd sold them. And I still have boxes because we had to buy thousands mm-hmm. of them. Uh, so I still have a couple of boxes. But, you know, it, it was a way that people at your shows could buy your music in the moment where they wanted to buy it yes and yeah. and so them, for, get them
0: while they're most vulnerable
1: get them while they're hot right <laughs> and and so when digital distribution came along many of us myself included were like oh this is great we don't have to go through the pain of producing cds anymore and the upfront expense and all that there's basically no expense with distributing on itunes you can do it yourself directly It's way easier to go through an aggregator like a CD baby or something. Mm. But even then the cost is, is so low that it's fine. And yeah, it's, it's, it's ironic. Their name is CD baby. And of Mm -hmm. course I would say, I would guess that the bulk of their business has nothing to do with printing CDs, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but they do get you on all of, they make it very easy to get yourself on all of the, the music services, including Spotify and, and you know, everything else out there under the sun, which is awesome. And not sales are pretty low um, because people aren't, you know, you have to find a new way of incentivizing people. And when they're at your show, I remember the first time, not the first time, but one of the more recent times, probably four or five years ago, this band I'm in, Fling put out uh, an EP uh, called Bovine Abduction. Don't ask. Uh, oh, I'm asking for off air
0: because I suspect I don't want to yeah, really well, know answer on it. You know,
1: I'm not the right person to ask. I don't know where the name came from. So um, the songs are good. The name is weird. But uh, the we the CD Baby sent us a stack of QR codes that we like a stickers ish mm. that we could sell at gigs and each of those allowed people to redeem one copy of the the record online, and then they and then they could download it into their you know library and and They're have it choose, as a, yeah. as opposed to streaming it. Right? Yeah, exactly. They could download the the flax or the MP3s or whatever they wanted. And you know, we sold a few of those, but it, it was just this really weird interaction. Like you're going to give me money, and I'm going to give you a thing, and, and you then you have to go do something else yeah. with it. Don't lose it. Like that that whole thing. And the same thing started happening this year with – well, and last year, but but more this year because we were able to play some gigs with this band I'm in now uh, called Bitter Pill. We recorded a record. We finished recording weeks before lockdown, and we did not know, but, uh, but we quite unintentionally, presciently – uh, titled the album "Desperate Times" on the New Hampshire on the New Hampshire state line. So yeah, uh,
0: so it's your
1: fault. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. And and then when we started playing gigs this year, you know, we merch is a huge part of how a an original band, really, probably any band, but certainly an original band, can make money, extra money at their shows. In fact, mm. there have been many shows that I have played as an original band, many well-paying shows where we walk out at least grossing more in merchandise than we do from ticket sales at the sure. gig. And so we have t-shirts and stickers and all the things that you would think that a band should have. And I remember there's, there's, um, Bitter Pill is a, a band of six of us and our, our lead singers and chief songwriters are Billy and Emily Butler, father and daughter. And Emily was running the merch table one day and I, heard her go to her dad and Emily's in her twenties. Billy's my age and is we'll, we'll say also in age. his twenties. sure that's there you go. And, uh, and I heard Emily say to Billy, Hey dad, we need to get CDs. And this was just a, an interesting interaction to see on a whole lot of levels that, you know, here was this 20 something telling a 40 something person, we need CDs. It wasn't going the other direction. Yeah. Um, and just shocking to hear that we needed them and he was like no no, no 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 still wanted
0: something physical
1: yeah no we don't and and she's like we do every show i'm being asked for them and so we bought you know nowadays you can get you know small runs of, of CDs that, that aren't terribly expensive on a you know per unit scale and so we wound up with uh i think we bought 50 i think we bought 100 actually And within about three weeks, which really is only about six gigs for, uh, you know, an original band, Uh, and this was, we were playing quite a bit this summer. Uh, So within six or eight gigs, we sold out of all (laughs) of our CDs.
0: Because people would see you and were just like, I'll strike while they are on top.
1: Yeah. I want, I want to take this music home with me. It's like, you know, if you are, if you're on a streaming service, so are we. Like yeah. you, you don't need to buy this and people are like, no, here you go. And it was, and we don't sell them. I mean, I think we were selling them for 20 bucks. Cause I think we were paying eight f- per CD or something. I don't know. I forget what it is, but y- you know, it wasn't yeah. like we were selling them for $5, right? No, it was, you see,
0: I thought you were going to tell me iTunes changed everything. It meant people would go and pick up your music in a place where they were already hanging out and it was easy and it made distribution easier and it saved you a load of money and you've sort of told me the opposite. And I find that fascinating.
1: Yeah. it It's not, it's, it's convenient to be able to tell people, go get it on your favorite streaming service of choice. Right. Uh, it certainly is, is nice to have it there. It, initially it was kind of cool to be able to say, Oh yeah, we're, you know, yeah. it legitimizes us like, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, we course. we're on all the streaming services. That's yeah. great. But, now everybody is because cause, because companies like CD Baby have made it super easy to, to get there, which, again, is awesome. But, yep. you know, you have to market to that in order for that to work for you. And I have yet to see a, a you know, an original sort of we'll call it local indie band, yeah, whatever yeah. you want, you, you know, truly do that in a way that works for them. I'm I'm sure there are bands out there that have figured it out. But it's not a natural part of. You're at our show now. Go stream our yeah, music. Yeah, interesting. Like, what? like it, like it. Totally, always has been with. You're at our show. Buy our merch. Buy you know, teacher, sign yeah. up for yeah. our, our mailing list. Yeah. Come, you know, buy our CD. Like that stuff is all still old habits. That hasn't hard. changed.
0: No, fascin- yeah, um, it's
1: fascinating. Yeah,
0: and let's. We've referenced iTunes a lot because that's what it was originally. Yeah. And then, of course, we had this evolution where I think it was Phil Schiller on stage, wasn't it? Joking about adding a doc to um, a- iTunes and all of this. And then eventually we learn, ha ha, obviously not. They're going to sp- sp- split to podcasts, right. Apple Music and so on. And a couple of things strike me about this. First of all, it struck me the other day that Spotify is doing the opposite. Is now a place where you get everything, which I find really interesting. That you know, they've gone from the place where you just got music to also the place where you get music and listen to Joe Rogan and whatever else.
1: That's interesting. You know, as you say it, it makes perfect sense for Spotify to do that,
0: and for Apple, TV. and I
1: also think it makes perfect sense for mm. Apple to have done what Apple did because Apple is. It's they make plenty of money from services, right? But they've oh, always, yes. yeah. And and so this may change, perhaps not in in the not too distant future. But the experience of using iTunes on our devices got very clu- cluttered, yeah. and since our devices, by and large, were all Apple devices. To me, it made perfect – and clearly to the people at Apple, it made perfect sense to split up this monolithic app into the, the apps named after the thing that you wanted to go yeah, into and, in the moment, right?
0: And, and the iTunes name was starting to become a bit of a joke. Oh, you sync your iPhone contacts through iTunes. What you – watch your TV shows – through iTunes, what like it became very sure. messy. Yeah,
1: but but is is Spotify any better of a name? I don't think so. I mean no, it, it less, says less.
0: It says yeah. less. So it I think that's less. probably
1: yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't think it was just the name. I think it was the experience of it. Because the experience in Spotify is not really much better than what we recently left behind when iTunes was split up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But given yeah. But given that the only thing Spotify does is provide media that they can stream to you, well, you can download it, of course. Sure, you know, yeah. but but by and large, uh, it makes a lot. I'm I'm totally okay with them having one app because otherwise it would be Spotify Music, Spotify Podcast, because, Spotify. Yeah. This, you know, and that and, gets messy. Yeah. Do I want all? Do I want to have to go download all those apps? And maybe that's the difference, right? I don't have to download. Any of Apple's apps. I mean, I you can and you can remove them and sort, but it's all. It's sort on your of, iPhone when you get it. It's there. It's on your Mac when you get it. Right. Um, so Spotify, I think, is really smart to keep it all in one app. And I find it strange that I'm saying this because. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: <laughs> but I, I, but I, I agree with of, it. When I yeah. was thinking about it the other day, it was like, oh, I could think I probably came to the same conclusion as you. It makes sense for Apple, but not Spotify. But couldn't quite put my finger on why yeah um one of the things that Apple music has never done particularly well or has not been regarded to do particularly well is classical music for ver- for various reasons yep um it's never been the service that classical music listeners, if that's your predominant music that you like to consume, have really gone to, and that could be about to change um because Apple recently back in August bought a service called Primephonic which was the go-to a go-to streaming platform for classical music aficionados and that's now going to be part what I think they're going to keep a separate app but it's all obviously going to be part of the Apple Music offering.
1: Yeah. Yeah um, and I think it'll I, I mean I don't think it'll be a separate app forever. Let's put it that way.
0: No yeah. in the same way some of the weather apps have clearly yeah you can buy the separate one but it's kind of being built in
1: yeah i think that's po- i think that's a very good uh, assumption yeah um yeah no i think it was a smart acquisition for them mm. y- you know if you had asked me i i don't i don't subscribe to a service specifically for streaming classical music sure. there there is some classical music i very much enjoy listening to but it's not the kind of thing that i go out and and you know have a service for I would have said title um, if you asked me. You know which mm. is the best of those? I, I did not know about Prime Phonic or what's the other one? I, I, Adagio or something, right? Mm. Is is the other big one um, that I now know about? But um, I would not have said Apple Music or Spotify. You know would even be should even be listed there. So um, I think it's smart that, uh, that and Apple I don't think
0: they would claim this. to be. And they obviously No, realize- no,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they obviously
0: realised there was a gap in their offering.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah. It'll be first of all, be very much worth watching how this plays out. I was given that the Unleashed event started with um, music. I was a bit yeah. surprised we didn't hear anything on this. I thought maybe that was going to be the. Once they started talking about it, I was like, "Oh, maybe we're going to hear about that. How that's going to appear, but we didn't. Maybe it's all still quite a- new." I don't think there's months, a really. big
1: enough mark I mean you know there's a lot of things Apple can talk about in their events and and like most of what most of the decisions Apple makes it's about what not to include mm. um, and saying more Thank nos goodness, than otherwise you'd be
0: covering them for three hours
1: C- correct yeah and they know this all too well because some of us have been there the 10 mm. best things about os 10 was was not the best let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, that was two and a half hours of awful. Um, yeah. But it, you know, I, I, I don't know that are they going to make a splash with, Hey, we have class, like, who's that? Are they going to lose people with, if they, yeah. if they're, especially if they're leading with that, uh, it was pretty obvious. They wanted to push the, in retrospect, I did not see this at the time, but based on the, you know, some of the conversations you've had, the conversation that John Braun and I had on, Uh, i've started to come around to now i get what apple was going for and it was to sell home pods right and to convince people that the home pod mini deserves a place in your home Mm. and and so okay who are those people great now let's show them why a home pod is going to work great for them and and of course one of those things was you know, the streaming, the Siri voice service, uh, you know, the okay. Apple music voice service, rather, you know, that, that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I my guess is they considered discussing the prime phonic acquisition. And we're like, no, no, no. You
0: know, <laughs> and they kept not, it to under fifty minutes and kind of kept everyone happy, which was
1: crazy. Yeah. It was yeah. Fast. It was rather nice. It um, was a little too quickly paced for my taste, but you know, that's because I had to cover it.
0: Moment. where we could have taken a breath or two. Yeah. But it, it, it no, it, it just struck me, as I said at the top of the show, that it was interesting that it came at the top of this event. And another thing that's interesting is we've always thought of Apple, and you hinted at it at your when we talked about the splitting up of the iTunes apps. Um, it's even indicated and actually the conversation's really about the iPod in some ways that Apple that Apple is making its services available not on Apple stuff. So. And one of these things, and it sort of sounds weird, but actually isn't. If you think of beyond the kind of cliched discussion of the relationship between the two companies, Apple Music is going to be available as an Android app on Windows 11. It look from the beaters, it looks like,
1: yeah,
0: which is pretty interesting. It's interesting because it's totally Apple giving up control. It's control in some ways of you know how it's presented both on android and windows 11 i'm sure you know there's obviously input and collaboration but you know it's not staying it's not completely in apple's walled garden now of course itunes the original was always available i first used it on a windows machine it was always available you know you could plug your ipod into a windows machine and sync well, it, it wasn't on your iTunes it wasn't
1: always available that was a really big deal at the time when when they expanded itunes to windows and it was it was for a similar reason. It was because the iPod was out there, and they, you know, the iPod was very much kind of like the Apple Watch, you know, very, very much a, an accessory to your Mac, not not to your iPhone because the iPod predated the iPhone. But yeah. it was a and it a, a Mac accessory, and and so to do this and and iTunes for Windows opened that door up much to Apple's benefit. The fact that you are having this conversation like, th- like yeah. there there was all this talk of that was the first time anybody mentioned the halo effect, right? Like, Oh, you use an iPod, you sync it with your windows machine. You realize how well it works. Yeah. And it it's my, like, well, that
0: was my, what definitely I my first episode. experience.
1: So, yeah. And so I, I think, I think it's the same sort of thing here. It's like, yeah. okay, let's, let's open this up. Um, and I'm curious to see how that, how that plays for people, uh, because I think it's going to play well for Apple.
0: Apple music has already has been on. Yeah android for quite a while now as well in the way you're kind of indicating that um itunes i mean yeah itunes was on um windows and various platforms for quite a while but yes you're right i can imagine it being i can imagine the discussions we would have been having had i not been 14 or something and been on the show at the time and been like wow this is such a huge deal look at apple bringing down its walled garden but um it's you know again. It's not. It's interesting to see them playing nice. It's. I wonder how many Android users go. The music service I'm going to subscribe to is Apple Music.
1: I, yeah, that that's the trick. But it you know again, is it? Is there another halo effect happening here? Is Apple TV Plus the the driver of of more people subscribing to Apple music, right? I mean, we've got Apple or Apple oh, one subscriptions. Yeah,
0: I'd love to see the data on that. That would be a fascinating.
1: Anecdotally, it's fascinating to me. I was out to dinner with a few friends the other night, all of whom are, you know, Android slash windows people. They, they don't use Macs. They don't use iPhones. And as we were talking about, you know, the shows that we were watching, everyone was interested in at least something, if not more than one thing, from Apple Apple TV Plus, and and most of them were already subscribers to Apple TV Plus. So now it's like, okay, you know, we, we all know that we want to try and avoid this death by a thousand cuts. How many streaming services am I subscribing to? And if I can get a deal with Apple TV Plus that gets me my whatever my music service is mm. cheaper, should I just jump ship from Spotify and, and go to that? Why not? Sure, okay. So my guess is that this is part of that and, and that we've got Apple TV plus, cause you know, Ted Lasso is bringing a lot of people in, but a lot of shows oh, are bringing so a lot of people so Well, in. we nearly got through a whole episode without mentioning it. <laughs> but that's oh, the one, right? Like, I, I mean, mean, Apple, Apple needed one that that yes. really hit. And that's, that was the one. I've so, seen a few friends this weekend who have been
0: like, have you watched Ted Lasso? I'm like, thanks so much for keeping up with my work. I really appreciate the support guys. Thank yeah, thanks, so yeah,
1: thanks, it, thanks, yeah. Thanks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I appreciate sure. it. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, talking to Ted Lasso. If you want to see, if you miss Jason Sudeikis on Saturday Night Live, the monologue is very good. It's I think he, you can see the b- border between Ted Lasso, the character, and Jason Sudeikis, the actor, disappear a little bit in that monologue, and it's up on the dot So you can enjoy. i Oh, go that. check this out. I have not yeah. watched that yet. Um, All right, but it's been really fascinating to cover to follow the journey of Apple Music with you. you I'm still kind of reading from the idea that actually itunes didn't have as big a distribution effect as maybe i assumed it had had for professional musicians or perhaps yeah. indie professional musicians i suspect if you're in a big band it changed it a bit more
1: and and to be fair even as an indie musician but this is true by so and bigger large bands dave I, what's that bigger not big well, right, there you go, is that Apple Music pays artists the most of any yes, of the streaming services.
0: that's a really good point, which we should and, make. And
1: that is a notable thing and noticeable thing, even at the level of an indie musician. Uh, and,
0: and that's basically always been the case. Yes. And something Apple takes quite a bit of pride in. Absolutely. And is, I mean, not surprisingly, very keen to remind people of from time to time. <laughs>
1: Of course. Yeah. No, they, they, they definitely pay us more. Uh, and, and again, that's true all the way up. Although I'm sure there are some backroom deals where people are getting, you know, specific artists are getting more from Spotify or you know, whatever, but. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And some people have, cause there was a time where Apple was trying to do exclusive deals with certain artists to get their sure. music on a bit, you know, a few days earlier. And it was linked to kind of the Apple music radio thing, which is a whole evolution. We haven't even dis- had a chance to discuss in the show Fair. and so on and so forth. But. Um, I think, yeah, it's going to be, you know, we've got these new AirPods and stuff where people are going to consume, presumably more Apple music. It's part of keeping it in the, keeping people in the ecosystem and um, yeah, things like spatial audio and lossless kind of get, there's increasing advantages, I think is what I'm trying to say to being an Apple music subscriber. And they're trying to make that more and more clear every day, aren't they?
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch the evolution of this. And 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 you know, circling back to what we were saying at the beginning, taking a minute to examine that which we now which I now take for granted as coming from Apple, it really is a fascinating thing because they've done a fantastic job of making these things, making their their streaming services a part of what everyone knows apple does Mm. and if you rewind 10 years like it's amazing to think that where they've gotten themselves to in terms of public image now it's it's amazing
0: it really is i'm so pleased i had you here to discuss it with me thank you so much for joining me dave if i'm sure people know where they can keep up with you and they certainly should but if they don't where can people keep up with you dave
1: uh, Find me on Twitter at Dave Hamilton or visit MacGeekGab.com. That'll bring you to the section of the Mac Observer that uh, will let you subscribe to that show too.
0: I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. You can, of course, find me at the MacObserver.com. And presumably, you're already subscribed to this show. But tell us, tell us if you're subscribed, tell a friend, tell your family to subscribe to the show. We have all sorts of fun discussions like this every week. And if you're enjoying it, we're still running. Uh, the listener survey as well. The link to that's in the show notes. So very grateful if you can fill that in, but until next time, see you next week.